Welcome to the Tin Shed Podcast. I'll have to start off this podcast by taking a moment to say goodbye to another victim of dog-on-mouse violence. Uh, we say goodbye to mouse. Uh, I'm starting to lose track. It's, uh, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll play low. I'll say three. I'll say three. This was a tough mouse. He, uh, I'll call it a he. Could be he, she, whatever. It took several attacks. It tried to make a stand against needless violence. Like I said, it took, it took a couple. Like, it was left with some little dents. Um, yeah, it was kind of... If he left the mouse sitting on the table, it was just kind of chitter on its own because it was little burrs from it being chewed on. So, but, uh, it stood up to that, but after the, the latest attack, there was no more right click, no more left clicks, just right clicks. Kind of reminds me of, uh, remember one of the, like, when they used to have, used to go buy fish? You don't see them anymore for sale. It's kind of weird. But, uh, there'd always be that one fucked up fish with a fin. He'd just be swimming around in circles. That's what happened. That's what I kind of figured what the most was like now. So, uh, it was out to get a new one. And out I went. Like, I, uh, felt kind of sad after leaving the place. A little pissed at first, but then when I started thinking about it, it was kind of sad. The poor cashier. Just no motivation at all. No energy. Just barely keep their head up. I actually felt sad. Well, I kind of felt sad after I thought about it, leaving the person behind. It was just really depressing. It was an effort for this person to say anything, to put a receipt in the bag. So I was like, Hey, you want the receipt in the bag? Yeah, thank you. Hey. It just, it was just an effort. It's, have a day. No, no nice day. I'm in a fucking Walmart. Like it's, uh, it's the goddamn express line. It's just so monotonous. Imagine being an assembly line worker, but what you're doing is, it's like people. You're just waiting on people. It's just like one, just, uh. It's, yeah. It's that beeping. It's what it does. Like, you're being told when to go. You're in the line. It's beep, beep. Please proceed to the line. Whatever. Or check out whatever. Beep, beep. Please proceed to check out whatever, whatever, whatever. And that's where I was at. The cashier. She was right by that beep, beep thing. Please proceed. <laughs> like, oh, fuck Walmart. Them cheap bastards. Well, not cheap. They're very, very kind. Cunning. They know, they have to know that if they sell high quality stuff that they're not going to make the money that they would if they were selling cheaper disposable shit that people got to come back and buy more of. Like, think about it, like if you're selling something that's really good, you're only going to get so much business. And they come in and they sell stuff cheap and it destroys competition and like when I say that if it wasn't Walmart it would be somebody else doing it it's 
It's just pieces of shit that you buy that just end up in a landfill after a short period of time. And now mind you, like they do have to find they have to find a balance of how shitty they can actually make to get the products out cheap. Cause if they go too far it's people will clue in. And uh Yeah, it's I thought I just heard my Oh yes. Here's my guest Gracie. Listen. She's gonna talk. Say hi. Oh, she was chattering like she's seen a bird. Let's see if we can get it again. It's a nice spring day, so the window's open. Chatter, you multicolored fucker. Oh, you're a terrible guest, Gracie. Uh, what the fuck was I saying? Greedy fucks. Well, it's greed. It's a byproduct. They want to make as much money as they can. So they got to make the products that aren't going to last too long so people come back to buy them. They destroy their competition. At one point, there was Zellers, Kmart. Now Sears is going down. Um, and like I said, if it wasn't Walmart, it would have been somebody else that was doing less. Um, the only, you can go to a certain point where you're going to get better quality, but they got to stay within range. Like there's the small shops where you can go get good stuff still, but, uh, it's weird. It's, it's a disposable world and people don't have the money that they have to really buy quality anymore. So you're kind of stuck. Like, here's an example of how like it's. It's disposable. Like, just one of the many examples. It's my parents' cheese grater. It's, like, fucking near 40 years old. And it's just... Yeah, 40 years old. Almost 40 years old. I say 40 years old because it's the only cheese grater I remember them having. And they still have it. Ours is maybe three years old. And... After three years, it, it's already starting to... To buckle... Yeah, I know the argument's there that if everything lasted forever, what would you do? Like, I'm trying to get my cat chattering again. She's looking at birds and it's pretty funny. But I'm standing up. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you can make the argument. Like, if everything lasted, then forever, then it... Oh, you little bitch. Chime in any time. That's interesting. Is that all you have to say? Huh? Why? Oh, I don't think it's that bad. Okay. Really? It's hilarious when they do that, when they chatter at shit. Like <laughs> she's out there watching birds. Um, anyway. Yeah, I know. Argument could be made that if everything lasted forever, that then it would be expensive and nobody could buy it and the economy would crash and 
people wouldn't have a job, and then people would start doing bad things to each other, blah, 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 blah. How did we last, how did we make it this far? Like, at one point, there was quality things. Like, if you walk into, just go into an antique store sometime, and look at some of the things that are there. Um, a lot sturdier than what things are now. They last, and, like, they're in an antique store. They're already fucking old. So, like, how come quality and craftsmanship didn't kill us years, centuries ago? Like, the option to buy quality, it's almost being taken away. And it's being replaced with products that are disposable and being made the cheapest way possible. Like, in a way, it's, uh, it's a twisted way of, like, serfdom type deal. Like, we're at the bottom, being supplied crap to consume. The more they make with the least cost, the more we see huge profits posted. Just like serfs, not knowing that we're the ones supplying, that, that we're supplying the lords with the means to protect them from the boogeyman of the day. We fall in line and do the exact same thing. Now, if Jensen didn't eat that mouse, or kill it, I guess, finish it off, that little rant wouldn't, might not have happened. But, uh, <laughs> dogs are strange, though. I'll get on the subject of dogs again. Because they are awesome. Dogs are really awesome. I think everybody's dog, or dogs, whatever method of torture you prefer, has some habit that is that just makes you go think to yourself, just, why the fuck would you do that? Like, like, as I mentioned, Jensen, he's the destroyer of mouse and TV remotes. It's like he prefers things that are crunchy. Like, I, I wonder what's going through his mind when he sees the mouse. And he thinks, hmm, I'm going to grab that. Like, maybe it's the clicking of the mouse that he likes to chew, the, that he likes to chew on them. It could be, like, I don't know. Or maybe he hears us talking about mouse and he thinks it's, that's what he's got to kill. Uh, I'm, I am pretty sure it's him that took them all out. Now, Scout, for some strange reason, has a habit of trying to lick inside of, of Lucy's mouth. Like, she's like a... Do you ever see the video of, of baby birds digging in their mother's mouth or their parents' mouth for food? That's all. That's what it's like. Like, she got, she's in there and she's licking. <laughs> like... It's like she's giving Lucy's tonsils a bath. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and Lucy's growling. She's like, ah, And a big mouthful. And then every now and then, Lucy just kind of reaches out and just grabs Scout by the neck and growls some more. And Scout sticks her nose in Lucy's mouth again and starts licking the tonsils. And it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that isn't even Lucy's why the fuck do you do that. That's, that's, she's, oof. She's got so many of them. So many of them. I think today we'll just talk about her being a little psycho sometimes. I think she sees everybody else as an obstruction of her view of me. It's kind of creepy sometimes. Some, like there have been, there's been actually several times standing in the kitchen and I look in the living room and she's staring at me. Just this weird glazed eye, glazed over eyes, just looking at me like very dreamy. It's like I just got this little four-legged stalker. Yeah, I know I talk like life is hell sometimes with dogs. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It is. 
no matter what you tell yourself. You never get used to unexpected fur in your food. Or if you're ever walking along and you're talking or, you know, something else like breathing and you get a big mouthful of fur that's just kind of floating in the air. You know, like it's... All that shit now I talk about. It, it's all worth it having dogs, though. Those little fluffy assholes. <laughs> they make up for it. Anyone that got dogs, they'll know it when I say it. They make up for it with the smelly burnt popcorn feet. It's just smell your dog's feet sometime. I got like a burnt popcorn smell. It's it's pretty cool. And they're always happy no matter what. You go out with the door for five minutes. They're always happy to see you. Well, I'm going to move on before I start talking about dog poo. And, uh, yeah. Oh, God, I found this one on, on Drudge, Drudge Report. Actually, the girlfriend mentioned it to me, and I think somebody at work mentioned it to me, too. Well, a few people mentioned this one to me. But uh, it's on Drudge. I'll post it on Facebook and Twitter when I put this up. It's uh, the title of it. It's official Canadian Bank Disposal. Depositors are now at risk of bail-ins. It was a... <clears throat> excuse me. It was in the uh, the latest federal budget. Uh, there's one part <clears throat> that reads... Uh, it's called tax fairness. And uh, in a strong financial sector. I'll read it. I'll read the whole section here, just right from Drudge. It's, uh... To protect Canadian taxpayers in the unlikely event of a large bank failure, the government is proposing to implement a bail-in regimen that would reinforce that bank shareholders and creditors are responsible for the bank's risks, not taxpayers. This would allow authorities to convert eligible long-term debt for a, of a failing systematically important bank into common shares <clears throat> to recapitalize the bank and allow it to remain open and operating. Such a me measure is in line with international efforts to address the potential risks to the financial system and broader economy of institutions perceived as too big to fail. The government is proposing to introduce framework legislation of the regimen along with accompanying enhancement up to Canada's Bank Resolution Toolkit. Regulators and guidelines setting up further, blah, 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 bailing for banks. Anyway, I'll put it all up there. But, what it doesn't really say in that, like, it, 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 there's a lot of double talk in there. You'll notice that it's the shareholders and Creditors are responsible for the bank's risks, not the taxpayers. Shareholders own shares. Okay, that's pretty obvious. Creditors. Well, creditors are people who have money in savings plans in the banks. That's who they are. They... <laughs> no effect on taxpayers. But it's the taxpayers with money in the bank that is now vulnerable for the banks to fail. 
if they fail, too big to fail. These guys, they've been reduced to legalized pickpocketing. Like, here's how, it, here's how, like, uh, an example of how it happens. Uh, Cyprus is the easy one to use. The bankers in, in Cyprus, they made, uh, they made investments. They lent money to Greece. Like, like bad investments. Terrible. And then they gambled again and bought Greek bonds when it was crashing, hoping for a bailout that, but it, it didn't happen. They they ended up owing, Cyprus ended up owing more than their gross domestic product. Like, and it wasn't people that did this, it, and it doesn't get talked about in, in media at all when it happened. It was banks making bad investments. So, what they were trying to do was try to buy low and sell high with Cyprus. Sell the bonds back. Um, Cyprus asked for a bailout from the EU. They said, fuck you. We bailed out all the important bankers already. Pretty much said, you guys should have crashed when the other banks did in 08. So now... The only place that these guys could get money from was personal savings accounts. So the government decided to tax them 6 to 10% to pay down, to help, try to help pay down this huge debt that these fucking fraudsters made. Again, I'll, get, I'll make a point about this later. Low risk means riskier investments. So, anyway, the government taxed them 6 to 10% on what they had in their savings. And to stop people from taking money out of the savings, because I'm really a smart person, what you would try to do is try to take all your money out before anybody could take it. The government declared a national holiday on a Friday, or a bank holiday. It's, and there's also restrictions on how much people are able to withdraw. So there's huge panic. People are trying to take their money out. Monday comes around, everybody's accounts are smaller. And like it said in the in the article on Drudge, um, the framework for this is set up all over the world already. It, like, it's sad. Like I mentioned the crash of 08. And part of the reason for that crash was mortgages being given to people who had no way of paying them. Like, why would anybody do something like that? If they can't pay the mortgage, you're the one that's out money. you got to go collect. But it wasn't the case then, it, or up until 08. Um, the company given the mortgage would sell it to, an, to a, like a, I don't know what you would call it, it's like a, an investment company, I guess we'll call it. And the, these investment companies would buy shitloads of these shitty mortgages and put them all together. And then from there, they would package them and sell them off as good investments. So they got this, like, a, there's whole rating systems for it. 
if the rating system is like a double A or triple A, I think it is, then it's a good investment for pensions like RRSPs, uh, 401ks in the U.S. or whatever. So these mortgages had all these good ratings, these shitty mortgages, all bundled up into one. Nobody could pay. So, you see what, like, we all see what happened. Like, everything fucking crashed. People lost thousands of dollars. And it gets back to what I was saying. When the, when the risks are lowered, the investments get riskier. Like, it's, it's, it's hot potato. Pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. Or, maybe like musical chairs. Everybody's dancing around, passing, going around these fucking bad mortgages. The music stops, everybody sits down, somebody doesn't have a seat, they're caught with it. It's, it, it's, somebody loses out, but now it's, bad decision, fuck it. We'll have a holiday. We'll come back on Monday and everything's going to be okay. Like, what about depositor insurance? Isn't your money supposed to be insured against shit like that? Like, yeah, it's, that's just never even mind that, the depositor insurance. How about the government putting something like that in the budget under the impression of it being a good thing? It's just an, another example of government bending for too big to fail. Instead of working for the people that are propping everything up. Like, these guys fail. We foot the bill. Like, why don't you guys just give us a kiss before you fuck us at least? Oh, here's a, here's another example of a, a just another example of the disconnect between like <laughs> government and fucking people, regular people. It's it's pretty bad. Um, this is the one. It's it got to do again with the the Senate. Canadian Senate expenses. Um, just wait, I'm doing this on an iPad and it's just kind of slowly scrolling. It's being a bastard. And Gracie isn't talking. But uh, the, an auditor. They hired an auditor. Like, uh, they were fine. They were told that they had bad spending. They had to pay back money. So, instead of the government saying, oh, okay, we did, we fucked up, we have to pay back, an arbitrator comes in, and he slashes, he just cuts back on the amount owing for like 10 out of 14 of these guys. And he's saying like that there was no ill intent, that it was, we didn't know the rules. But I'm wondering, if it's that many senators, how long have these fucking guys been in the Senate, and why don't they know the rules? Because they, they were probably there for a long time. It's not like people get appointed to the Senate all the time. Uh, the bill for these 14 senators who challenged the findings, I guess they do have a right to challenge the findings, but still, it's fucking bullshit. They cut the, cut the total bill from 131000 Oh, cut it two hundred thirty-one thousand from two hundred seventy-six. Four of them are still on the hook for forty-six thousand. So, it's a 
It always seems that these guys, they just... Terrible, terrible habits of abusing the system. And it's always a huge shock when it happens. <laughs> like, how does it... I don't know. I don't know how it keeps happening over and over and over again. How we just let it go on and on and on. Kind of fucking foolish. But what do you do? I guess, I don't know. They're not going to... They're obviously never going to abolish the Senate. I mean, Trudeau, one of the things that he went on about was Senate reform. And just recently, I think he appointed six or seven new senators. Something's telling me. But he's saying that, uh, they're, uh, well, they're independents. They're not uh, affiliated with any party. Oh, yeah, he named seven new senators. First appointments in three years. So, it's supposed to reduce partisanship in the Senate. But, come on, let's be realistic here. If somebody gives you a job where you're going to get a huge ass fucking pension, where you don't have to worry about anything, you all you have to do is show up. There is no worry about losing your job. All you have to do is just show up. Look at what happened before. People fuck up with spendings. The odd time there might be a little witch hunt and we might put one of them up to make it look like we actually care about Canadian, about taxpayers' money. But for the most part, you can do whatever the hell you want and you're not going to get fired. So, there's going to be some, a little bit of uh, favors repaid for having that position bestowed upon you. I don't care what political party you're from. If you're an independent, you're going to remember who gave you that fucking job. Like, it's a... Uh, yeah. Is that the Senate reform? There's just, there's no political ties to who's going to help you out. It, it's it's the same thing, just you change the fucking name of it for a little bit. But, uh, yeah. There's my little political rant. Actually, government rant. Um, yeah, I do that a lot. i got to find something better to talk about. Springtime's here. It's almost grass cutting time. I hate cutting. Well, I shouldn't say I don't want to hate cutting the grass. It's it's a lot of it, and it's hard to keep up on. If I start stretching now, and I start cutting now when the grass is still brown, and just starting to turn green, I might be able to stay on top of it this year. But yeah, so I'm going to call it quits now. And uh, hopefully I can have another one up next week. Fairly early. I meant to do one up last week, but... I was working a bit of overtime, and it's tough. It's nice when you're working by yourself, but when you get home, you're always tired, and the last thing you want to do is go to talk for, try to talk for a half hour. And I gotta say, I'm a little bit rusty after not doing it for a while. Uh, throat's pretty dry doing it, but with the miracle of the pause button and a glass of water. I'm able to stay into it, stay in the game. But, yeah, I'm going to call her quits now. And, like I said, hopefully there's one up early this week. So that means that I'm going to have to start writing shit down now and looking for ideas. If anyone listens to this, send some fucking ideas my way. It'd be greatly appreciated. See you later, guys. Or I shouldn't say, whoever listens to it. I don't even know if anybody listens to this shit. Anyway, see ya.